Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are into the afternoon edition here, and of course, uh, Kenny, uh, well, let's uh, let's let Peter Wood introduce his uh, his entourage, who he's got coming in with him. But basically, we're here to promote the Hayward Lumberjack Days that starts, as Kenny said, this weekend. Starts Friday, I believe, out in Hayward, Wisconsin. It's a huge event. Peter Woods, thank you for uh, coming in on this abbreviated day. Uh, so go ahead. Well, thanks a lot, Brad, for having us in. It's been kind of a fiasco, but hey, we're adapting. We're going to do what we can. But first up the bat, wasn't quite expecting this, but we got a very special guest, folks, here all the way from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, Charlie Barons, who's going to be doing a show tonight for the folks in Hayward. And it sounds like it's pretty much getting close to all sold out. Big amount of people. And it's a great way to start out a great weekend. We've been talking about too many serious things, and here we are about having a little entertainment and and Charlie, are you there? It's uh, it was a pleasure to talk to oh, you. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah, no, I'm here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Folks of you who don't know him, he's a comedian, hilarious, seen him in Duluth, great job. But Charlie, you want to describe a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, so the folks out there and uh, your show and that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I started off, actually, I was a news guy for a while, and, uh, you know, I had a Wisconsin accent when I was doing the news, and that was pretty apparent pretty quick. So I switched over to comedy uh, and developed this character where instead of taking all the things that people said I was doing wrong in news and fixing them, I just doubled down on them. And that's kind of where the Mantuak Minute character came from. And, you know, and that took off. I, I, I was lucky enough that it did. And then I just been doing all sorts of Midwest comedy since then. So uh and then you know tour and doing stand-up so we do you know a lot of stand-up we do a live man's walk minutes uh it's, it's a fun show yeah i've seen it uh it's excellent it's hilarious it's good family fun entertainment and and and, and tonight you're going to be hitting it off in hayward at lumberjack days uh what time is your show tonight and that and it's uh from what i understand it's pretty close to sold out yeah, you know, what time is the show? That's a real good question. I didn't know you were coming in with the hardball questions today. Uh, and, uh, you know, we haven't even talked logging uh, yet. Are I you know, drinking Old Milwaukee questions. or Blatt's, Charlie? What do you got? Charlie, Blatt's or Old Mill? Yeah, you know, if I choose between Blatt's and Old Milwaukee, I'm gonna. That will be the beginning of the end of me. You know, I can't. Resist. You got a show tonight. You got to be ready. This is on your feet. You're equal. fast. Yeah, no, I'm an equal opportunity uh, alcohol consumer. I tell you that. I've, I've got a whole thing full of lineys right here, a big lineys guy myself. But uh, I don't I don't discriminate, you know. People really put a beer in front of me that I says, ah, no, you know. <laughs> well, you're in the right state, at least. But, uh, no, uh, the folks out there that are listening... Uh, if you haven't got a chance, get a chance to listen to Charlie Burns. You got any, any things of a comedian that you'd like to say here, Charlie, for the folks out there? Uh, you know, I, look, I got a lot of, uh, I've, I've been up north with my family this week, so I got a lot of new material from uh, that situation. Uh, one of the nights I camped out on an island, you know, because my sister, she's she's got a new fiance, so that means there's one less bunk in the uh, situation. So, uh, me being one of the uh, single guys, uh, you know, I slept underneath the uh, in God's house, you know. So that that was nice. That was fun. And then we did a fish fry last night. And I'll tell you what about the uh, the fish, the deep fryer. There's something about cooking the deep fryer that I mean, you got to be so on 
You know, because at, at any moment, you could have that hot oil spill over. You could start a fire. You know, some some kid could run up to the hot oil, you know, and uh, so as the cooker of it, it's it's an adrenaline rush, you know, and, and the last thing you want to do is burn the, the perch either. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm still working that bit out, but I'm going to see what I can do with it tonight. I've got a I've got a whole philosophy behind the deep frying of the fish for the fish fry. Uh, also, uh, I, everyone I know is concerned as soon as I said fish fry, did I have heartburn last night? No, because this segment is brought to you by Prilosec. Prilosec. <laughs> Stole, stole it out of my dad's dock bank. So there you have it. So, uh, yeah, no, no heartburn last night. No waking up with the meat sweats at 2 a.m. That can often happen, you know. So you get yourself a nice steady stream of uh, Pepsi, Prilosec, and Tums, and you'll be doing okay after them fish fries. And you'll be, you'll be just fine. <laughs> you, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, not great, but you know, the food tastes great, so it's worth it. Have you, uh, Charlie, I've, and I know you do fish fries, but have you ever been to the Wisconsin Fish Boil? Have you ever been oh, to one of them? Now, that is a cultural experience. Are you talking one of them yes. classic Door County fish boils? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, if you want to talk about an adrenaline rush, I mean, they're using jet fuel for that, that sucker. Yeah, that, oh, yes. When they do those fish boils. Yeah, you can't even believe that they, they get that. Uh, you, you can't believe any fire marshal in the, in the state is going to uh, approve of that kind of a situation. But they do, and that's how it goes. And, yeah, those are real fun. And that uh, fish oh, is they are. too. Tell you that. But, uh, I don't know where they find the pots that they cook them in, but they usually hold uh, 50 to 100 gallons of water. And, uh, yeah. you know, they just keep dumping the fish in there and stirring them with a big wooden spoon. And uh, somehow they they seem to get done. So <laughs> It's a custom custom deal right there. And, and the, those fellas who run those uh, fish boys, I mean, they are... That that isn't a that's not a you can't go to school to learn that you have to burn down no. a few uh, stru- permanent structures before you become a professional fish boiler. You know? Charlie, it's been great to have you on here, but we got to get to our competitor here because we're short on time. But if you want to hang on, that'd be great. But uh, we, Brad, I hate to do this, but uh, we have uh, DJ and. Uh, uh, Ferry, who's a competitor from Sweden, who came all the way from Sweden to compete at this. Like wow. To, and we'd like to get him in there because of uh, our limited time here. And now, what's your competition? What do you, what do you uh, prefer to compete in from Sweden? Are you an axe thrower, a chopper, a saw, or what do you do? I'm a timber sport athlete, uh, and we chop wood and race uh, hot sauce and, and stuff. Okay. So, so he said okay, chopping so wood, hot saw, crosscut is what he's saying. Boy, and came all the way from Sweden just to participate in the uh, Hayward uh, uh, logging days? Yeah, that's right. It's a long trip and uh, hard to get all the equipment over here, but now I'm here. <laughs> so, folks, can you imagine trying to get this on a plane, a chainsaw that's not normal, an axe that's sharper <laughs> than any razor. A saw that's wickedly sharp. Now, how are you going to put that on a plane and walk through the airport? Good luck. That's a heck of a toad right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to be storing those in the luggage underneath or something. So, 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 
So, Peter, are you going to be over in Hayward this weekend? I would assume you must be. Well, we got family plans. Family? I'm, I'm going to see what we can do. We're going to see what we can if we can make it over there for a little bit uh, on it and uh, check it out. It's really good family entertainment. But oh. uh, it's it is excellent, folks, to go over and watch it. Where you see people do things that from the past that work at it so hard their whole life to get it down just so. Yeah. But Barry's only 25 years old. And Barry, could you explain to the folks out there a little bit how you got into this? You just didn't jump into it. Uh, could you tell? It was hilarious where he went, he went to school and then what happened. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, so I was to high school, a forestry program, and uh, we could choose uh, timber sports as an activity like two hours a week. Uh, there we yeah, chop wood with an axe and... Uh, cross-cut saws and stuff. And so you were learning how to do that for like a phi ed class, it sounds like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so your school let you bring in axes and saws, and did they let you bring in chainsaws? Yeah, the school actually provide the chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, going to school, and you have chainsaws and that. That's things of about 40 years ago that used to take place, but uh, wow. And so so uh, you must have met somebody to be able to come this way, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I met uh, Cassidy Shear, that's uh, from from town here, and at uh, Prague in Czech Republic at the uh, Steel Timbersport World Championships. So that, that's where I met him, and now I'm visiting him over here. Cool. Wow. That's pretty great. Uh, that, that so, go ahead, so the lumberjack days, Peter, have people coming from all over the world, not just the United States. They got uh, international competition. Yeah, DJ, could you elaborate? How many people are coming from different countries? There's quite a few, actually. Yeah, I think we're you know we're going to have probably a half dozen. We're just starting to see everybody open up again after the. Uh, you know, the COVID restrictions and the pandemic and whatnot. But, yeah, Barry is actually the very first competitor from Sweden in the 62-year history of the Lumberjack World Championship. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. You know, we've had guys here, uh, you know, we've had guys here from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, the Czech Republic, England, uh, Japan, you name it. Uh, you know, and, and uh, Barry was telling me earlier that, uh, you know, his – his uh, Swedish team is is a relatively young team, but uh, you know, kind of up and up and coming. And he's uh, at, again at the age of twenty five. Uh, he's done very very well, and uh, he's come here to uh, to compete with the best uh, the best of the world. Wow! Geez, I'm looking at his uh, bio here, if you will, Ferry. Your dad is an Olympic uh, champion. He's won gold, silver, and bronze. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you too, Kenny and, and Brad. I mean, he's he's uh, he's well put together. So uh, you're going to see him in the uh, in the springboard, the uh, the standing, the underhand, uh, the single uh, uh, the single uh, saw event, and the, in the hot saw. So he he brought uh, he brought his entire bag with him. I mean, he uh, he's right. Boy, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting, interesting time in Hayward. Now, this competition starts Friday at about what time and then goes all through the weekend, right? Yeah, actually, Brad, we start, we start tomorrow. Uh, we start on Thursday. Oh, you do? Okay. Start Thursday then. And, all right. Yeah, so we, we actually start because we have so many competitors. We have well over 100 competitors that are going to be at this event. And we're not only going to be featuring the chopping and sawing, but we're going to have the speed climbing as well as the log rolling and the boom running. And so when you've got 
130 competitors here in the bowl. Uh, we're going to give everybody a fair crack. We're going to we're going to start actually tomorrow morning at about 11:30 on some of the uh, uh, qualifying uh, events to get the, the guys yeah. and gals into into uh, Friday. So our primary show, however, isn't until six o'clock or just before six o'clock on uh, on uh, uh, tomorrow evening and and uh, Friday evening and Saturday evening. But if you want to come and see some really really good uh, qualifying events, eleven thirty to uh, to three o'clock tomorrow, and pretty much the same thing again on Friday. You're going to see a lot of these uh, a lot of these uh, top level guys and gals uh, uh, trying to get into the uh, to the final Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what, Hayward's uh, bursting at the seams when it comes to Lumberjack Days. And uh, I've been told that if you don't have a room already uh, within probably 35 miles of Hayward, you may as well forget it because you're not going to get one. But competition, one thing, but the whole town turns out. They've got food vendors on the streets and and shows, and they've got people doing art exhibits of log uh, chainsaw uh, artwork and everything else. It's just a beautiful, beautiful time in Hayward, Wisconsin. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, it, it really is. When you when you think that this event started in 1960, and then by 1965, ABC Wild World of Sports was coming here to uh, to film the championships. Really, kind of put Hayward on the map, which is which is pretty cool that that the community gets behind it and, and keeps this tradition going. Who is doing it now? Who's running the TV now, there, DJ? Uh, you know, I think this year they, they've done some stuff with uh, with uh, live streaming uh, internally with the with the YouTube and, and whatnot. Uh, we've had ESPN Out Life Network, ABC uh, here in the past, so uh, I, I know they'll be live streaming the event, Peter, and uh, uh, you can you can link into that uh, through the uh, Lumberjack World Championships uh, uh, site. Cool, that's that's pretty neat. Um, we're we're gonna be running out of time here pretty quick, but. Um, uh, Ferry, could you elaborate a little bit on wh- wh- where you're from? You know that your family's in the you're actually in, you were actually in the timber industry, and your family owns a lot of land actually in Sweden. Yeah, that's right. We're about uh, one thousand hectares, so we pretty much uh, try to manage it ourselves. Yeah, folks out there, that means about twenty-two to twenty-four hundred acres here. Okay. That's what it is, okay. what a heck acre is. And, and they manage the forest there very much so, and you were an operator, correct, Ferry? Yeah. Uh, as I went to forestry school, I became a, a forest machine operator, so I run uh, forewater and harvesters. Cool. And then, and then I take it that how did you, uh, how did you get into, uh, when you got into basically going old school, but it's precision, could you elaborate just a little bit on what it's like to swing the axe, and if you miss it by just a little bit, could that be the, be the difference between first and fourth? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, all the guys that are at the, the Hayward competition this uh, week, and it's really, really good. So if you get a miss hit with axe, that, that can be like a first first, first place or a sixth place. It's, uh, it's that tight. So it's a world championships competition for a reason. So everybody's got to come with their A game, but so Peter, I've got I still have Ferry here with me, and then also Cassie Sheard just showed up. So I might even have him jump on if you want. Uh, he's uh, you know he's uh, he's a Hayward uh, he's a Hayward guy that uh, you know is is probably been the most dominant uh, uh, well lumberjack athlete uh, Hayward's ever had because he does all disciplines log rolling. Uh, 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 boom running to uh, to all the chop saws, and he's a uh, uh, 
has several titles in, in chopping and, and climbing. He does every okay. element of the sport. Wow, that's impressive. How old is this guy? Uh, 41 years old. Oh, I was thinking, it sounds like you're going to be coming in on a walker or something. All those accomplishments? Holy moly, that's a lot. Yeah, well, it, the climbing's not exactly easy on my knees these days. <laughs> it's Cassidy, right? It's great to have you guys back and that we can talk a little bit more about Hayward Lager Lumberjack Days. And, and uh, Cassidy, could, could you, could you talk, tell us a little bit about yourself in that? It'd be great to hear. Yeah, so I grew up in Hayward. Uh, my father, Fred, is a four-time log rolling world champion. Started log rolling myself at a very young age. Uh, was always at the Lumberjack World Championships. It's a great Hayward homecoming. Started competing professionally in the log rolling and climbing at age 15. I've got a boom run title, 10 speed climbing titles. A few years, uh, yeah, like five, six years ago, really went deep into the chopping sawing disciplines, and I won the springboard here last year. So I will be doing all of the individual men's events across all four major lumberjack sports disciplines, chopping sawing, log rolling, speed climbing, hopefully winning my first all-around title. I've got, I've got second in that four times now, so I'd really like to add that trophy to the, uh, to the trophy bucket list. Impressive. That is very impressive. Um, could you tell the folks how how hard is it to learn to do something like this? Yeah, I know you got to be naturally born with athletic ability to begin with to be competitive at the world stage, but you still have to. Don't you have to really work at the mechanics and that kind of stuff to get it just so? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's uh, very athletic endeavors. All four of the major disciplines. Um, you know, um, one of the hardest things for me has really been getting into like the event. Of the hot saw, it's not super technical in how you operate it, but you got to be a little bit of a motorhead to fix the inevitable problems. You know, learn about engines, learn about sharpening chainsaw chains and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, a person can get good at chopping, sawing, speed climbing in three or four years if they're really dedicated. Log rolling actually takes the longest to become super competent at, and you'll find that. About 95% of the competitive log rollers started as a child and, and have been rolling competitively for 10-plus years. Well, so you start them out really young, just like all sports, and if, they have, uh, if they're naturally gifted and then they extremely work at it hard, they can be very competitive on the world stage. But you've got to have a combination of quite a few things to make that work just so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have people that are technicians and that train hard, and you have people that are natural athletes, the the elite competitors have both of those skills. Okay, that's pretty neat. Uh, could you describe what it's like? Most people that have ever run a regular chainsaw know what it's like, how the throw is and that. And what could you describe to the folks out there, and maybe Ferry would want to describe it too to himself as well, of what is it like to really run a true hot saw like that when you go through, what is it, 20-inch stick in about a second or so? Could you describe yeah, what it's yeah, like? So it's uh, three 20-inch cuts. The whole thing takes about six to eight seconds, and each of those cuts is right about 1.1 1, 1. 1 seconds. Uh, Ferry and I are both running what used to be a Honda CR250 dirt bike motor that's been uh, bored out 330 cc's, cranks out about 60 to 65 horsepower. Okay. It's a lot of vibration, a lot of noise, a lot of power, 
and not a lot holding it all together. So uh, it's a it's a rush for sure. There's sawdust and there's bar and chain oil flying everywhere. If you're lucky, none of your parts are flying anywhere as well. Uh, I mean, there's a reason it's one of the crowd favorites, and they always start the start the competition each day with that hot saw event it's loud it's large and it's in charge it is really something folks you ever get a chance to go watch it watch it live is really something where guy loggers out there that you're used to running hot saws with a cutting off a 20 inch tree in a second second and a half this is a chainsaw put in hands and it's they're going through you said 20 inch trees correct Yep, uh, 20-inch white pine. Yep, and you're going to make three cuts, correct? Down, up, and down again. Uh, those are the rules according to DJ. I, <laughs> I tend to break them sometimes. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had to toss them lately. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny's looking at I say, yeah, Kenny, 20 inches in diameter is what they're going through. So put your hands out like a cup and put a measurement and go 20 inches. That's how big a stick they're going through down up and down again but some guys it's kind of like a rule of thumb in athletic world is if you're not cheating you're not trying so you're going to do everything you can to win so i imagine when i hear that you're boring out that motor that much though that walls of those cylinders are getting pretty thin the ports are getting very thin aren't they, they? are yeah i mean you know i'm not i'm not the guy that builds the motor i can't tell you much more about it but yeah i mean they're our guys running anywhere from 250. I think the biggest motor this weekend will probably be 430. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of power. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's any sort of, you know, racing uh, endeavor. You're testing the tolerances, and you're pushing them right to the edge. So, I mean, there there will be a couple of guys who, you know, mid-cut, something's going to go wrong because they've pushed it too far yep. or have, you know, checked and make sure that everything is – in full operational order. I mean, it's a it's a very thin line between a championship cut or championship cut and your saw breaking or starting on fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got water close by. You don't have to worry about too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's actually a funny story. An Australian better, Dale Ryan, about 15 years ago, his hot saw quit mid cut, and he actually, in frustration, tossed it right in Lake Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that just get so mad, just holler there. It goes boop. <laughs> yep, that's that's exactly what happened. Oh wow, that's uh, that's quite the crowd. It is a, a crowd pleaser. The hot saws are, folks, and and uh, we want to go like to go into a little bit more of another area. Is uh, what what is it like like the, the springboard where you chop in, put a board in, chop in, put a board, and then you got chop off the top. Is that what it is on that one? Yeah, yeah. So that that would be the most technical and athletically demanding of the chopping sawing disciplines. Uh, and that's an actual old-time technique that old-time and modern-day lumberjacks use. Uh, sawmills won't accept that fanned-out rootwood right. at the base of the tree, so they created what is essentially a lumberjack ladder. You chop a notch into the tree, stick the springboard in, go up You know, anywhere from one to five boards high. We go two boards high here at the Lumberjack World Championships, and uh, cut a 12-inch Aston log on top. It's my favorite chopping event. And, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have a good cut last year, win that world title, and uh, I'll be defending it with everything I have this weekend. So he's there. you're there to win. I always tell people, these folks aren't coming from other parts of the world to take second. Everybody's coming there to take first. And that's the great Absolutely. thing about competitiveness. You, you push the limits to achieve great excellence. Yep, uh, 100%. Yeah, as a fairy here, he's the Swedish uh, 
Steel Timber Sports champ making his first trip here. I, I expect him to be very competitive in the single buck and the underhand, and he's great at all the other chopping and sawing disciplines as well. So that's going to be quite the show. You've got the same competitors in the same room at the same time. It's amazing we're getting along okay, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I visited Ferry over in Sweden five years ago. They show us a lot of hospitality, so just trying to return the favor. But, yeah, I mean, of course, I would I would still like to beat him in every single event. <laughs> Anybody that's competitor is that way. We're always that way. But, uh, uh, Ferry, can you tell me, what is it like when you came to the United States to – is this your first trip to Hayward, Ferry? Yeah, it's my first trip to Hayward, and uh, Cassidy has been a really good friend to show me his place and – let me cut a few logs at his place to, to train and along. Okay. You now, being here, jet lag, that kind of stuff, are are you going to be ready? It starts tomorrow. Are you going to be ready to where you're going to put your best foot forward, do you believe? Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready, even if I'm jet lag or, or something. I'll try to beat him. Of course, we're always wanting to beat win. We're always wanting to win, aren't we? Uh, so, so if, if the contests start tomorrow, some, and the crowd starts showing up more and more, what is each of your favorite um, comp- competition? Would you say? What is your f- more favorite competition? Uh, I think uh, underhand is my my. It's my best discipline, but I think Hotso is my favorite for now because it's uh, yeah, it's so loud and it's. If you're a little bit of a motor guy, you, you can't run the thing without smiling. That's it sure is. <laughs> so all the motorheads when the hot sides are coming, everybody's starting to smile and be happy about it. Loud noises pierce your ears a little bit, and everybody's happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now the under you said it the underhand cut. Uh, describe to folks, folks. He's swinging a razor blade axe. Okay, extremely sharp, not normal sharp, but extremely. And he's swinging between his legs to chop off a block he's standing on. And now, if you miss, it's going in your boot. But you must have protection. Yeah, we have chain mills uh, under uh, in uh, what do you say in in your shoes and uh, up on your shins as well. So if anything goes sideways, it should uh, it should help you. And then you should be okay. That's how the theory is supposed to be about it. So, so when yeah. you're chopping, how many chops? And if you miss by a little bit, that's the difference between winning and not winning. Yeah, if you get one or two miss hits, uh, you're not winning anymore. <laughs> so it's that close of precision with an older school style. So, so um, Ferry, um, you don't do the high pole climbing or something like that, do you? No, I haven't tried it uh, yet, but maybe Cassie will help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd actually be willing to sell you all my gear if you really like it. My, I, I think my tree climbing days are limited. You know, I, I had a lot of success in my 20s and 30s, and I'm still kind of in the contention for a, for a podium spot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly climbing these days to, to get those all-around points and try to win that first Tony Wise all-around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, still one of my favorite events. Yeah, I'm more of a chopper sawyer right now. I, I still really enjoy loggering, actually. I, I, have a, I have a motivation each year here to, you know, winning's a little bit out of my reach, but I can always ruin somebody's weekend. <laughs> I, I've been known to upset a few of the top guys here and there, kind of a very uh, aggressive log rolling style. 
but uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a fun a fun event. I've got a lot of love and a lot of respect for all the individual disciplines oh. we do here. Hold on, hold on here. We glaze kind of over that a little bit. Aggressive log rolling style. Yeah, so I I I'm a bit you know bigger and stronger than your typical log roller here. And, uh, you know, I learned how to log roll from Fred Shear, and he's one of those old-school rollers that really, really uses his strength to jerk the log around, you know, do quick direction changes. And I'm one of the few guys that still utilizes the old-school water kick. I'll, I'll reach down my foot, kick water at as high a velocity as possible right into the opponent's eyeball. That's illegal, believe it or not. And, uh, I, I always think it's funny because, like, as, as I'm warming up for a match, I'll see the guy I'm rolling, he'll be – Practicing and have his buddies splashing water up into his eyes to get ready for rolling Cassidy here. <laughs> That's pretty that good. Puts a big smile on my face. I'm like, I've clearly already gotten into their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you put goggles on to help them? Yeah. So one guy actually did that one year, and I knew that it was a mistake because if water gets in there, then that vision will stay cloudy. Uh, that guy was the number two ranked uh, log roller in the world that year, and I beat him in the semifinal to make the final. That was that was five years ago, I believe. Yeah, I imagine he wasn't very happy. No, no, he wasn't happy. I mean, yeah, like this, yeah, like this is a guy that wins major tournaments, does all the tournaments on the circuit. I I roll one competition a year here at uh, at Lumberjack World Championships, and yeah, I mean they nobody wants me in their bracket or, or drawing me in a log roll match. They want to, if it is, it's at the very end is what they want to go against. So you climb yeah, the ladder a little bit I'd faster. Be, they'd be happy to meet me in the final because I mean, those top rank guys are still going to be favored to win, but uh, I'm going to make them work for it for sure. You never know if your A game isn't playing, you're, you're not, you probably won't even make it. You'll get eliminated too soon, but tell us what it's like. Uh, this is going through my head a little bit. Tell us what it's like to climb a f- pole that's 90 feet tall as fast as you can, get to the top. I think you ring a bell at the top, don't you, or something like that? And then you descend at almost like it looks like a free fall to me. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's an interesting event. I mean, a more or less is, is akin to like a 200-meter sprint up and uh, just focused on being efficient, sticking my spurs in plenty deep so we don't uh, don't slip out. Um, that last 15 feet is really tough. You know, that would be like the kick for a 200-meter sprinter. And, uh, yeah, I don't. I try to spend as little time as possible up at the top. I have stopped up there before, and you can see downtown Hayward from there. You can see the big fish. You can see all of Lake Hayward. That's kind of cool. But then, yeah, you know, I'll do a little bit of a bail, and I do kind of a more controlled descent. Again, I'm not, I'm not in a position to, you know, blow out my knees or my back like some of these climbers that truly risk it all. But I, it's an exhilarating event, and I am so happy when the 23 seconds I've just been climbing is over, and I'm back <laughs> safely on the ground. All, all, yeah, the, yeah, the structural integrity of my. All my joints in my body fully preserved. And you get to get up and walk away. It was a good run. Yeah, yep. Hopefully just breathing heavy. That's it with a smile on my face. <laughs> At the bottom, it looks like a bunch of pillows, but it, what is it? A bunch of, uh, there's, it, it's not pillows. I don't know what, how to describe it, but it looks like a big it's mattress. A, it's a custom canvas pad that LWC makes that we then fill with foam, essentially. And yeah, uh, LWC has done a good job in the last 
five, six years of really making sure those pads are thick and even. Um, I saw a few guys way back in the day when there was piles of sawdust at the bottom, or I never even, as a kid one year, they were stacking old mattresses at the bottom. Yep. And guys who came down sideways, came down fast, could get a little roughed up, and there there was some bone fractures. But, yeah, it, it's a very, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's as safe as you can make a 90-foot climb with a free-for-all uh, being out. And yeah, I mean, it certainly is a good feeling when you hit those pads and, you, and they're comfortable and safe at the bottom. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Uh, I'd like to hit on guys just a little bit here um, before we run out of time. But is uh, I noticed one thing when we were there not a few years back on the deck. I think you call it the deck where all the wood is chopped and sawed and that in front of the main grandstand. I noticed one thing is after each event, there's a bunch of young guys that get up there, probably 17 to 23 or whatever, and they work their tails off to get that ready for the next event. That's impressive. DJ, could you elaborate a little bit on that? No, thanks, Peter. I, that's our that's our TAC crew. And, uh, you know, my son is uh, one of those guys, uh, you know, that comes in with a lot of his college buddies and, and local kids here from Hayward. Uh, we try to get a few of the football players from uh, uh, from Hayward or anybody that's uh, strong. The, these blocks that uh, that Cassidy and, and Ferry are going to be chopping on the in the pro division, uh, again, they're 14 inches in diameter. A lot of those blocks weigh... I'm guessing 70 pounds, 75 pounds. Easy. You know, if not more, they're, they're water-soaked. And, and those guys, uh, they take a lot of pride in making sure that the uh, wood is placed at the right location. And then once they get done, uh, you know, we want to keep the show rolling. So, you know, we'll, uh, we've got a limited time to uh, kind of get the, the spent wood off the dock and, and get cleaned up and ready for the next event. So they do... Do an outstanding job. You just wouldn't be able to do it without that kind of uh, uh, might and, and horsepower from uh, from them young guys. Okay, you said sixteen inch blocks or twelve. Inch? Yeah, fourteen inch. Okay, you well, know, are, are the big are the are the pro level, and then there are some twelve inch blocks, and I think the women chop on eleven. Okay, uh, and this year, you know, this year's going to be kind of unique too. We're going to introduce a new event called the Women's Standing Chop. And the, uh, a lot of these uh, uh, women athletes are going to be chopping a uh, nine-inch uh, diameter uh, standing block. So that'll be the first time uh, that we've ever seen that in Hayward. That'd be interesting. It probably will be very entertaining in that. Uh, my one thought is when you do the hot saw one, back to that just a little bit, those blocks are 20 inches in diameter. Increase in weight has got to at least double from that 14 yeah, they're heavy. Uh, depending on the uh, on the length of the block, like I said, they're all they're all turned exactly the same on a veneer lathe down in in central Wisconsin. They turn it right down to the thousandth of an inch. Uh, they once they put the setting on the computer, they lock it down, and, and we get every single one of those logs the exact same diameter. Uh, sometimes, depending you know what the what the competitors are looking for is they're looking for not free wood. Sometimes we have runs of wood where we got six, seven inches out a knot, and then we got other uh, sections that we might have uh, 15 to 20 inches uh, where we can't see any type of knots, and, and we'll hang that. So if you take the tacking wood on there, we can have some blocks up there pushing 30 inches, uh, 30 inches in length, and, and quite heavy. Okay, so and all you're taking a lot of great pride and make sure everything is just so, so that each competitor has the exact same log. I would say, yeah, I, I think the competitors appreciate that. I think they know that we make a, we make it a real hard effort uh, 
you know, each one of these guys that are with me here today are going to be chopping in uh, in heats, and they're ranked uh, according by their peers uh, through an athlete advisory uh, committee. And so Cassie's going to be a pretty high seed going against uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, four or five other guys in his heat. And one of the things being the wood guy is my responsibility is to make sure that they're all chopping on the same tree. So when you talk about chain of custody, Peter, uh, in the woods and the, and the things that we now provide for the industry, we do, we do the same thing for this event. We go out there and we mark tree 20, and every time we cut a block out of it, we mark the butt of that block and try to match up all that wood from tree 20 and Cassidy's heat or Ferry's heat. Uh, uh, so they're chopping on, on wood from the same tree. Now the blocks... Blocks might vary a little bit. One's going to be uh, obviously a little higher in the tree uh, than uh, than the lower block. But uh, what our goal is is everybody's uh, chopping on even or matched wood and uh, uh, competing against uh, their peers uh, uh, based on their ranking. Okay, so the, the competition is very strictly run. That sounds so impressively great that you guys are doing it that way because to make it fair across the board, and now it comes down to the athletic ability and how much you want it, and how much you've trained, you know, and they all have probably trained at extremely a lot. They have, and I think one of the things, you know, Peter, where you're, you know, up in the woods, I mean, how often do you see yellow aspen, if you will, that you can turn down to a 14-inch uh, inside bark uh, diameter? I mean, all these uh, trees, all those blocks are, are again, laid to the same spec. So a lot of times we're taking, uh, we're cutting aspen that are 20, 22-plus inches in order to get, uh, in order to get a, the number of blocks you need from that tree. And then also, you know, the, uh, 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 so they turn all in a uniform fashion to, to 14 inches. Yeah, that's a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work, and you got to pre-inspect it and then follow, then the follow it all the way through because you're using machines that are taking many trees at once. And you got to really, it takes a lot of work, folks, to do that kind of, to have that kind of competition. Um, if you'd want to say anything about what it's, what what is your favorite thing at the World Lumberjack? Because when we were there, it was very good family entertainment where you could walk around you never felt any problems with anybody. Everybody was kind of helpful, nice, and just a good time. What What would you tell folks uh, is your favorite part of it, uh, each one of the competitors, if they could say? Yeah, I mean, my favorite part is just the the, the tradition um, that you see amongst, uh, you know, not only the competitors, but also in a lot of the fans and, and the doctor. I mean, there are a lot of volunteers that either just love Hayward and love the organization and volunteer their time or they're employed by some of our great sponsors and uh, they come down and they put in a lot of effort and you can tell that they're having fun and it's their chance to kind of talk with the competitors they've developed relationships with over the years. I always really appreciate the doc crew because they're always getting the, getting the doc cleaned up and set for us and keeping the show moving. I try to Buy them a case of beer for their uh, their post uh, post workday celebrations back at the equipment shed there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I just I love the people and I love the relationships. Great. How about you, Ferry? You got any words? Uh, I never been here, so I don't really know what to say. But uh, I would say that uh, traveling here and see what's uh, what's what's going on here, and uh, of course, do the competition. That's that's the main thing. Great. 
And DJ, we're going to have to be wrapping up here because we're coming out of time here. But uh, what would you like to say out there to the folks listening? I think, again, very similar to Cassie. I think just the camaraderie and the, and the tradition. I mean, as the chief of competition, these guys are going to get into it. And uh, sometimes they don't do so well. They get a little crabby. They get a little angry. And I, uh, I have to remind them that we have a sportsmanship rule, and it is a family uh, It is a family uh, structure type of event. And so my job really to maintain the integrity of the competition. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, Cass, uh, Cass has got it right. Uh, we can have a beer and, and talk about it and move on and and uh, uh, go from there. So it it is. It's, a, it's the camaraderie. It's the history. It's, it's Hayward. It's, it's what uh, is what this town does uh, for the world championships. Well, I do appreciate you guys willing to come on and talk a little bit about the Hayward Lumberjack Days. It's a fun family time and and to me, competition, athletics, when you're going to try your best, yeah, tempers are going to flare and people are going to get upset. But if you're not, you're not there to win. To me, it's all part of sports. It's passion, excitement all at the same time. And that's why we compete to see who's going to be the best that time of the, in their lives. So once again, folks, um, thanks, guys, for coming on. And thanks for willing to put time and effort to talk about Hayward Lumberjack Days and another, another snapshot, shall we say, of the timber industry. Absolutely. Thanks, Peter. Yo-ho. Thank you. <laughs> Yo-ho. Yep, I remember that. Thank you, guys. Peter, thank you so much for uh, bringing some people in to let us know about the Hayward uh, Lumberjack Days. And I hope everybody will get out to it. In the meantime, uh, we're going to take off and uh, listen to the Minnesota Twins and the Milwaukee Brewers baseball game.